Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, Joshua chapter 8. And if I could give this one a title, I'm going to give it Repentance Brings Restoration. But I really have more of an idea in my head. And I don't know, it all depends on if you've seen old movies, (laughs) if you're going to get this. We'll get to that in just a moment. But as always, if you like what we're doing here, make sure you are like, sharing, and subscribing on the YouTube channel. Also, leave me some comments. I've really been enjoying engaging with you there even though my chief way I'd love to engage with you is at our Facebook discussion group. The reason why is because we also have podcast listeners. And if you're listening on the podcast, you're my favorite. (laughs) But make sure you are leaving me a five-star review. Just want to be able to share the word with what God is doing and make sure that we are growing this community. But I just, I love connecting with you in all these different kinds of ways that we get a chance to do that. And we've had some people who have asked me if I'm ever going to put out any kind of like merchandise, like Bible breakdown t-shirt or anything like that. The answer is... I have no idea. (laughs) My number one focus for us is to read God's word together. And so if any of you have any ideas and you're willing to help me make them happen, let's do it. But we want to make sure we're focusing on God's word. And so let's get to this. If you want to go ahead and get out your NLT Bibles, Joshua chapter 8, get your cup of coffee ready. I want to set this up before we get ready to read. Remember what happened is Moses did. He's gone. But it is now time for the new generation to take over and to take the promise that God has for them. And so Joshua is now in charge. They go over the Jordan River, and then they go and they march around the walls of Jericho for seven days. The walls fall, they go in and they take over, and man, it's awesome. They, they just completely decimate this belligerent nation that's standing against God and standing in the way of the promises of God. Well then, riding high on that success, they go and look at a smaller neighboring nation that's also deciding that they're not going to follow Yahweh, they're not going to get out of the way, and so they go and they look. And they're, they're, they're being a little, little full of themselves, and they're going, ah, we don't need to send out our whole army, just a few thousand will take care of it. Well, they're absolutely decimated, and I think it's 30-something people that die, but what's even worse is now they're beginning to doubt. Is God really faithful? Is he really going to help us? And as Joshua is just laying before the Lord, God tells him to dry it up. I mean, get up. The only reason why I'm not helping you win is because there's sin in the camp. And I told you, I mean, poor Moses spent all of Deuteronomy begging the nation of Israel. He's like, look, man, if you'll just trust what God says, if you'll just obey him, everything's going to work. And you can hear him say over and over again, I know you're not going to do it, but if you just would. And then here we go. The second nation that they have to fight already not doing what God's told him to do. And so if Moses was still alive, his eyes would have rolled so bad, he'd probably got them stuck like that. But Joshua is told by God, get up, they're sending the camp. And so they go and they find a guy named Achan. And I have to tell you, yesterday, I wanted so bad to tell the dad joke that Achan was making the nation Achan. (laughs) I didn't do it, and I did it now. Praise the Lord, everybody just rolled their eyes like Moses. And they said, look, we got to get sent out of camp. So they dealt with with uh, Achan, his 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 family, they were all in on it, I guess. And the end result was is they got rid of the sin of the camp. And so now it's time to do business. And and I love this idea. God is about to tell Joshua to you know get up, let's get back to business. And I have this thing. I, I hope you've not ever seen the movie, because it's not the best movie, but the movie Braveheart. <laughs> 
There is this moment when William Wallace, played by Mel Gibson, by the way, the guy who directed The Passion of the Christ, and that's how I'm making it a Christian thing, (laughs) he is riding his horse in front of this army. And the army is just, they they see the the English, or as they say in Scottish, the the English, and they're just, it just looks like a, a foe they just can't beat. And he's like, he's saying in this this accent, it's much better than mine, he's like, sons of Scotland, you know, and he's saying all this stuff, and he's he's saying, you know, one day you could run, and you could be okay, at least for now, but lying at home in your beds many years from now, would you trade every day from this day to then for just one chance to come back and tell our enemies, you may take our lives, but you'll never take our freedom. I've seen that movie too much. I, I I went there for a moment. Like, it was amazing. But, like, he has this moment where he's just rallying the troops, right? And I see Joshua doing that. And so we're going to read this because these, I mean, that's exactly the way the nation of Israel would have felt. I don't know if we can do this now. This bad thing has happened. But Joshua's like, no, no, we got this. We're going to do this. And so I want you to imagine he is rallying the troops, and he is about to say to them what God tells him in verse 1. So you ready? Joshua chapter 8, verse 1. Just imagine, in, an, in a Scottish accent, the Lord says to Joshua, Don't be afraid or discouraged. Take all your fighting men and attack Ai, for I have given you the king of Ai, his people, his town, and his land. You will destroy them as you destroyed Jericho and its king. This time you may keep the plunder and the livestock for yourselves. So set an ambush behind the town. So that, that was his speech, and here they go. Verse 3, So Joshua and all the fighting men set out to attack Ai. Joshua chose 30,000 of his best warriors and sent them out at night. With these orders, hide an ambush close behind the town and be ready for action. When our main army attacks, the men of Ai will come up out to fight as they did before, and we will run away from them. And when we do this... We will let them chase us until we have drawn them away from the town. For they will say, the Israelites are running away from us as they did before. Then while they are running away from them, you will jump up and ambush uh, from your ambush and take possession of the town. For the Lord your God will give it to you. Set the town on fire as the Lord has commanded. You have your orders. So see what they had done was uh, Muhammad Ali calls it a rope-a-dope. And that is you, you, make it, you make your opponent look like they're winning, but then you turn it, over, turn it around on it. So they're going to flee. They're, the enemy is going to send everybody out. And in that moment, they're going to surround them and they're going to win. So here we go. Verse 9. So they left and went to the place of ambush between Bethel and the west side of Ai. But Joshua remained among the people in the camp that night. Early the next morning, Joshua roused his men and started toward Ai, accompanied by the elders of Israel. All the fighting men who were with Joshua marched in front of the town and camped on the north side of Ai, with the valley between them and the town. That night, Joshua sent about 5,000 men to lie in ambush between Bethel and Ai on the west side of the town. So they stationed the main army north of the town as they ambushed the west of the town in the ambush of the west of the town. Joshua himself spent the night in the valley. When the king of Ai saw the Israelites across the valley, he and all his army hurried out early the next morning to attack the Israelites and set the place overlooking at the place overlooking the Jordan River, uh, Jordan Valley. Sorry, I've still got William Wallace in my head. Here we go. But he didn't realize that an ambush was behind him in the town. Joshua and the Israelite army fled toward the wilderness as though they were badly beaten. 
when all the men of the town were called out to chase after them, in this way they were lured away from the town. There was not a man left in Ai or Bethel who did not chase after the Israelites, and the town was left wide open. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Point your spear toward the hand uh, in your hand toward Ai, for this for I will hand this town over to you. Joshua did as he was commanded, and as soon as Joshua gave the signal, all the men in, in ambush jumped up from their position and poured into the town. They quickly captured it and set it on fire. When the men of Ai looked behind them, smoke from the town was filling the sky, and they had nowhere to go. For the Israelites, who had fled in the direction of the wilderness, now turned on their pursuit. Pursuers. When Joshua and all the other Israelites saw that the ambush had succeeded and that the smoke was rising from the town, they turned and attacked the men of Ai. Meanwhile, the Israelites who were inside the town came out and attacked the enemy from the rear. So the men of Ai were caught in the middle, the Israelite fighters on both sides. Israel attacked them, and not a single person survived or escaped. Only the king of Ai was taken alive and brought to Joshua. Now, this is where it gets gross. When the Israelite army finished chasing and killing all the men of Ai in the open fields, they went back and they finished off everyone inside. So the entire population, including men and women, were wiped out, 12,000 in all. For Joshua kept holding out his spear until everyone who had lived in Ai were completely destroyed. Only the livestock and the treasures of the town were not destroyed, for the Israelites kept these as plunder for themselves, as the Lord had commanded Joshua. So Joshua burned the town of Ai, and he became it became a permanent mound of ruins, desolate to this very day. Joshua <clears throat> impaled the king of Ai on a sharpened pole and left him there until evening. At sunset, the Israelites took down the body as Joshua commanded and threw it in front of the town gate, and they piled a great heap of stones over him that can still be seen to this day. Now, remember, it's a, it's a hard thing to think of the people of God wreaking such havoc on a nation. Why don't you go back to Joshua chapter 1 in the podcast when I talk about the various different reasons why this may not be pretty, but it is just. And also remember, these are the ones who are from the belligerent nations who are saying, we are not going to get out of the way. We're not going to convert and worship Yahweh. We are going to stand against you. And because of that, justice falls, plus all the paganistic worship that they and their ancestors have been doing for years. Verse 30, Then Joshua built an altar to the Lord, the God of Israel, on Mount Ebal. He followed the commands that Moses, the Lord's servant, had written in the book of instruction. Make me an altar from stones that are uncut and have not been shaped with an iron tool. Then on the altar they presented burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. And as the Israelites watched, Joshua copied onto the stones of the altar the instructions Moses had given them. Then all the Israelite foreigners and the native-born alike, along with the elders, officers, and judges, were divided into two groups. One group stood in front of Mount Gerizim, that's where they would pronounce the blessings, and one or the other stood in front of Mount Ebal, that's where they would pronounce the curses. Each group faced the other, and between them stood the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant. This was all done according to the commands that Moses, the servant of the Lord, had previously given for the blessing of the people of Israel. Joshua then read to them all the blessings and cursings Moses had written in the book of instruction. Every word of every command that Moses had ever given them was read to the entire assembly of Israel, including the women, the children, and the foreigners who lived among them. Now, 
By the way, the reason why they would do that is because they didn't have access to all of these scrolls for everybody to read all the time. And so whenever they would read this, they would read it in front of everybody so that they all could be present to hear of the goodness of God. Now, how can we sum all of this up and bring this to an end today? And that is this. In the chapter before, there was devastation. And the reason for the devastation was because of sin. Now, let me be careful and say that not everything that bad happens in our life is our fault. There are bad things that happen to good people. We know that, right? But there's also bad things that happen because of choices that we make. And when that happens, you know, I wonder how many times God says to us, like he did to Joshua, get up, get up, not mad at you, but there is sin in the camp. So I'm not going to be able to bless you until we deal with this. I even wonder how many times that we get stuck in a season because of sin we're unwilling to address. Because God will say, I'm not going to move you forward anymore until you address this sin because my blessing can't go with you. And if my blessing's not going to go with you, you're not going to be able to take over this land I have for you. Because remember, the promise of God is not a get-out-of-jail-free card. We don't just lay that, that down and just go on about our business. A good way of thinking of the promises of God is God's open doors and God's help to make it happen. God has chosen to partner with us in this process. And so God tells Joshua, you, you're not going to be able to take the promises I have for you until you get rid of the sin. And God is patient. He will wait on us. But what we have to do is we have to do like what Joshua did. No matter how much it hurts, he dealt with the sin. And then when he deals with the sin, God says, okay, we're ready to move forward. I have an amazing plan for you, and I can't wait to help you make it happen. But we got to get rid of the sin. And so I don't know how that works out for you. Maybe that has nothing to do with you. Maybe you're going through just a difficult season that has nothing to do with you. And you just need to remember that God is for you. And when the time is right, God will make all things new. But maybe you're listening to this today and you would say, you know, Brandon, I think maybe there might be some sin in my life. There Maybe there's something there. I, I don't know. Maybe you should make it a matter of prayer and say, God, is the reason why I feel like I've been in this season for so long? Is it a timing issue or is there a sin I'm unwilling to confront? Because I want to tell you something, God is more invested and more interested in your healing and your wholeness than in your worldly success. And so he is willing to wait because he doesn't want you to get to the finish line broken. He wants you to get to that finish line healed and whole. And so if you find yourself in a long season, maybe there's a timing issue or maybe there's a sin issue. And what God wants is he wants you to find forgiveness so that you can find freedom and then so that you can move forward and see all the promises of God be yes and amen in your life. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your goodness and for your mercy. Thank you that you are with us and you are for us in all things. My prayer today, God, is that you will open our eyes to see if there's a timing issue or to open our eyes to see if maybe there's a sin issue in our life. God, we don't look at sin as a, as a when you reveal it to us, as a way to shame us, but as an excitement because we have an opportunity to get closer. Help us to see that today and to run to you, to confess, to repent, to take steps toward freedom so that we can experience your fullness in our life today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. My prayer for you is that when you get to the end of your journey like Joshua, you will say like he did in chapter 21, verse 45, he says, not a single one of all of God's good promises that he had given was left unfulfilled. Everything he had spoken came true. That's my prayer for you. I love you. We're going to go through a couple of moments of just reflection as we think about what God's word has said, and I will see you tomorrow for Joshua chapter 9.